Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. It's a bit like the three lines. If if you don't think about it and continue to work at it and become almost lazy about it, say, well, there's three lines, this is what you do, this is what I do, then it, it will change into something else that you didn't want it to be. Welcome to Jersey Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Sasha. I'm the editor of Jersey Professional Magazine and Jersey Professional Online. And I have with me Annette Dentelor from Chubb based in Hong Kong. Hi, Annette. How are you doing? Hey, very good, Kwame. How are you? Right, not too bad. Tell me a bit about your role at Chubb. Um, so I joined Chubb in 2012. Uh, I was originally the general counsel and chief compliance officer. Uh, and last year, that role changed. Um, I am now the global uh, chief administration officer and general counsel. So what that means, I now look after a broader range of departments. Um, uh, the chief compliance officer role now sits with another person who still directly reports into me. So I still get to work very closely and look after the compliance fu- function, which has always been my heartland. Excellent, excellent. So we are having this conversation now because the GRC conference is just around the corner. Um, the theme is, you know, GRC as an asset, but we're really here to talk a bit about the lines of defense uh, or lines of responsibility and role clarity connected to that. So you could talk a little bit about what role clarity is in that context. Sure. So maybe I can just step back a little bit to when I first got to learn about the three lines and how that all started for me. So back around about 2004, I was working for another company, actually living and working in Australia at the time. And uh, we were looking at a way to restructure our compliance department. We were having a lot of problems getting traction in the business. And so we spoke to a number of uh, outside firms about what we should be thinking about. And uh, at least one of them, if not more, uh, talked about the three lines of defense. And I really liked that idea. I thought it was a really good idea. And I liked how it talked about making sure that people understood what to do in the first line, how that was defined, the second and the third line. But the thing that I struggled with as I started to implement it, uh, even way back then, was the word defense. Defense to me, and and maybe it's because I'm ex-military and I have a different connotation in my mind what it means. But the way that I felt that people were looking at it and thinking about it was that it was mainly about monitoring. It was about thinking about, well, what is it that I can check on to show that everything's okay, rather than developing and building out uh, clear structures about what people are doing and making sure that things really are okay and executing it. So what I did was um, a long time ago, uh, probably I think it was back in 2009-10, I wrote a paper about this based on my experiences of you know four or five years working with it. And my key thing about that was that I wanted us to talk about it as the three lines of responsibility, because I felt that that was a piece that was lacking. If you talk about defense, it's, it's a, a different conversation. Responsibility means I own it, right? This is the bit that I own. This is the thing I should be doing. And so in that paper, I talked about things like uh, uh, job descriptions, uh, the tools that people need to have to support one another, engagement models. And it was really trying to think through about how we can build this out to be more constructive. And the underlying premise of that was role clarity. If you don't know what you're doing in your line, you then try and make something else up or you think it's the other line's responsibility. And so I was really keen to see how we could drive this out in practice. And when I joined Chubb in 2012, I actually made a pitch to the Chubb Board of Directors uh, through the Global Chief Compliance Officer that this should be the way that we should do things. 
Um, and the board accepted it to the point now, if you go to a Chubb website, you will see that we talk about compliance is everyone's responsibility is the tagline for the compliance function globally across all of Chubb. And so as an entity, we've really embraced the notion of the three lines, but in a way that's based around responsibility and role clarity, which we think is absolutely key. Um, so working in the different jurisdictions, United States and Hong Kong, um, have you found that there's some difficulty with the culture of how people do business in implementing that idea of that responsibility and role clarity? Yes, yes, I have. So in, in Chubb Life, I look after 31 countries and Chubb across um, all of its jurisdictions, we look after, I think it's 53 or 54, it's quite large. And so a lot of the countries I work in are emerging economies. So people there tend to work off a checklist because that's all they have. It's the only tool they have. But for me, a checklist is what you use to, at the end of a process to validate what you have done to make sure that it's clear. But unfortunately, in a lot of emerging economies, the checklist is the process. And so you don't think creatively about what it is you should be doing, how you should be doing it. So implementing something like alliance of responsibility is even more important in these emerging economies because you need to be very clear, this is what you do and these are the tools to support it. Um, in other economies like Australia, which is much more advanced, uh, people are wanting to have the debate more about, well, you know, it, it, are the lines blurred? How does that actually work? And so it's a different discussion but uh, it's, it, it, it is different in every economy as to uh, uh, how you implement it. Um, they all have their different challenges, but at the end of the day, if you're very clear about the framework you're putting in place and what people should be doing, uh, that's key. And then you can, you, can, you can build it from there. Excellent. You mentioned checklists and I can't help but think about some of the misconceptions of the role of a compliance officer and how they think that all they do is sort of, okay, this is the regulation check, we've, we've, we've achieved that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And it's, it's both a blessing and a curse, right? I mean, it, it, it's, it helps in some ways, but again, it's just another tool that if, um, if used as a panacea for everything actually becomes almost destructive. It's a bit like the three lines. If, if you don't think about it and continue to work at it and become almost lazy about it and say, well, there's three lines, and this is what you do, and this is what I do, then it, it will change into something else that you didn't want it to be. And it will actually end up with uh, people getting confused about what they should be doing. And then in the absence of that information and continuing to work on the model and continuing to engage about how this should work in practice, what tends to happen is, is that people will make other stuff up and they'll create compliance officers in the first line. And then all of a sudden people get confused about what they're supposed to be doing and who they actually report into and what is their role. And if you're not clear about how the structure works and continue to work at it, that's exactly what ends up happening. So what ends up like a checklist, what should be a really good tool can actually end up being quite destructive. Sounds good. So we're down to the end now. Um, and when people come or virtually plug into the conference, they'll get a chance to see you, I think. But is there anything that you would like to just leave any risk of compliance professionals with um, who might be listening to this podcast before the conference? Yeah, look, I've been attending conferences with, uh, from the GRCI for decades, and um, I can only strongly encourage um, people to come to it. Um, I've always found, for me, it's a really good way to share knowledge and experiences. I'm really looking forward to doing that myself, uh, based on my experiences in Australia and now for the last 15 years working overseas. And uh, I really encourage people to do that. It's a great way to develop and drive thought leadership, which is absolutely critical for our profession today and going forward. 
So hope to see many of you um, at the virtual conference uh, where we can talk about this exciting uh, issue, even though it's been around for a long time, it's really core to some of the discussions we're having and I look forward to that debate. So thanks very much for the opportunity to uh, speak to our members today and uh, look forward to seeing as many as you as possible to continue the discussion. Excellent, thank you, Annette. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute and the music was produced by Rob Neary.